Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I make my own rules, one bonco party at a time. I write history and I read celebrities. I am JMZ. Life is a classroom, and I'm here to teach. Welcome back to Historians on Housewives. And now, part two of our exciting discussion with Shwande Mustakim. Let's do, uh, let's, let's move it into some like really light Bravo stuff. So, so Shawande, can you tell us about your reality TV watching and how you got into Bravo? Sure. When I was really thinking about reality TV, I realized that it was very early thinking about real world. We all, a lot of people Mm -hmm. were beginning to think about what does it mean to see and be in real time. And I was, hooked into a couple seasons and then really in college a little bit then in grad school I felt like I was hearing more about various types of shows um and particular also Real Housewives and it was really on a writing retreat that I would come face to face with that where I would have two friends um that were all there in fact that's where I wrote my introduction but they were so hooked on Real Housewives of Atlanta and they made me watch it. And then I began to understand, because for me, I'm always curious what draws people in, what brings in masses of people. And then just to sort of see this interplay of so many different women in that way. And then from Atlanta, where I'm from, it just just took me to another level to see the power of pop culture that of course it's engaging. But I will say one of my favorite shows was Project One Runway for a long time. And it helped inspire me in the writing because how do you put some things together and make it work? <laughs> yes. Know. Yes. So, and also America's Next Top Model. Oh, totally was hooked. Um, because again, just how do you get to the completion? How do you, how do you stay sustained in something that can totally get you off beat? So I was inspired by it and, and, you know, but I'm very strategic with my TV as well. <laughs> well, <laughs> you are. Of course you are. <laughs> your, oh, of course. <laughs> your Project Runway stuff inspired our Bonko Party game break for today. Oh, yay. So we're going to do a panel style game. So you and Jessica and Max will collectively come up with your answer. There's no winners and no losers today. Just wonderful okay. debate. Um, I'm going to throw out a couple of like, who would you like to style you to do X? And the three of you as a panel will decide who would be the best Bravo celebrity stylist for that particular occasion. Make sense? Yep. That makes sense. I think so. I'm, I'm going, I'm going to my Bravo celebrity stylish kind of, Okay. Database. Let's see what let's see what you've got, Casey. Okay. Give us what you've got. The first event. Who would you want to make you runway ready if you were gonna do a garden party? Who's gonna who's gonna help you style that outfit? 
It could be any Bravo Liberty. Any, any Bravo Liberty. But the panel has to come to an agreement. (laughs) Yeah, it becomes like Tim Gunn. Yeah. I said Tim Gunn. Oh, Tim Gunn. Yes. Yes. Tim Gunn will get it right. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Period. Period. It'd be very Now, I will... Yeah, I say I say that if Tim is not available because he's very busy doing this other show with Heidi on a different network, mm-hmm. I would uh, I would say basically Project Runway under a different name. Um, I would say that if we can't do Tim Gunn, I would have to do Lisa Vanderpump. She's British. They know garden parties. <laughs> they know high tea. Mm. They know hats. I mean, darling, this is this is that would be darling. my backup. The, the one my that backup. sticks in my head for. Like just fabulous garden party is Taylor. Oh, with that okay. giant hat that she did. In she the did this fabulous, yeah. like Alice in Wonderland <laughs> garden party yeah, thing. So, weren't we supposed to go to one of the Orange County places? Um, Orange County went to one of these fabulous high tea parties for someone's birthday oh actually um, max and i so you know the baby in the heat doesn't like, without me doesn't like to sort of not quite so we, okay. we have to put him in the car and drive around in the air conditioning sometimes to get him down and so last weekend we actually drove by the tea shop in san juan capistrano where they went for vicky's um was it her birthday party when they that's the one i'm talking about that, yeah, that the, one yeah they did high tea there um and we just drove by it we've been um doing tours of real housewives of orange county landmarks that's like been our nice. new thing in pandemic <laughs> to just do like quick okay. drive-bys drive-by um, hello <laughs> we're that nice. level we're of nerd of funny. <laughs> Well, we're all learning together. I love it. You do. You have to keep it light. You got to change the world with high stress. So find the joy in it. Yeah, (laughs) you do. Who is gonna? Who is going to style you to be a wedding guest? Uh, (laughs) A wedding guest. A wedding guest. I don't get to be in the wedding. (laughs) Well, I feel like that's a different stylist, almost like you know to be like in the wedding party versus a guest. I feel like these are two different styles. Ooh, whose wedding? <laughs> it depends. Whose wedding are we going to? Because that all, like, if it's a more formal affair, if it's like a garden party wedding, which happens, what kind of mm-hmm. wedding are we talking about? I'm envisioning Cynthia's upcoming nuptials to Mr. Mike because, oh. like, I don't know. Cynthia Bailey has always been my favorite housewife. So I would like to imagine that we get to go. That we got invited. Yeah. (laughs) But she only gave us two invites, so I don't get to go, and it's you and Jessica. (laughs) Totally. Uh, Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'll get you back from the time you didn't give me the tickets to go watch Watch What Happens Live when it it takes in Los Angeles. Yeah, then we'll be even. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. For a wedding? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, my first thought was Kenya. To- that was the first person that popped in my head, but I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. Kenya was Kenya Moore was the first person that came to mind. And the uh, silence is not Portia. Oh, Portia! My I would. I would say Portia because Portia really always wants to get married. Oh, well, then obviously there's already that energy and investment. Yeah, we'll go with Portia. Okay, Portia. <laughs> what what Bravo Liberty is going to pick your outfit for a TV appearance? Oh. Well, now that sounds like Tim Gunn. But, you know, there's others. <laughs> I'm like... Ooh. Do... um. um do, do the Queer Eye guys count? Yeah. As one pick, though? Could I just be like, I want all of them to sell? Well, do you want... Mm-hmm. I guess this w- this would be original Queer Eye, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't watched mm-hmm. the Netflix series, so... Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I mean. Um, sure, we'll go with Max's yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with Max's kid. Yeah, we'll go with Max's kid. Yeah, I'm yeah, right there with you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the, one, <laughs> the one that came to me was uh, Padma. 
Yeah, Padman would be oh, good yeah. too. I feel like it would be like very uh like elegant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like powerful elegance. Whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> okay well that's what i got for you on our banco party game break today Wonderful. oh well thank you oh, so did we win did we all win everybody's a big winner everybody's and i feel like we're, we're very stylish here I, I, I know. comfort number one <laughs> so shawande if you had to pick your favorite bravo liberty who would it be Oh, I feel like I've said it. Tim Gunn is just that, that make it work really just solidified in my head for many years. And I just, I was always impressed at how he could manage people and how it always all came together in the right way. So for me, that's, that's who I go to. I love it. Yes. He's, I find him and inspirational. Make it work is how I live my life. Yes, very inspirational. Love it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong. Again, you can't go wrong with Tim Gunn. Come on. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay, so, Shawande, what have you been watching during the pandemic? And is there any recommend recommendations for fellow cord cutters? I don't know what a cord uh, cutter is. I don't no. know what a cord cutter is. I think I know what it is, which is where this was. This conversation, this question was fa- was fashioned. So, did I use it in the right way? You did, and. and- I just think it's so funny to me because I'm operating. Yes, I have Netflix. Yes, I have Amazon, Hulu, all of that. However, I'm watching like cozy TV and grit and I get up watching good morning America. Like I'm really, there's those basic regular television, but what I'm watching in another way, but as far as cord cutting again, I, I like the antenna. I like to sort of be without cable. That's what that is. Cord cutting. Mm-hmm. Um, what have I been watching? That's another story. So the center, that really has caught my attention because, again, I always tend to go to the gore. I've returned to the originals. And the reason why I have to to even mention about the originals, I don't know if you all have seen it. One, it has seven seasons with 21 episodes almost per season. So it gave me a really deep drama to sort of get into that is about the supernatural world all the time. Um. In addition to that, I watched Dead to Me, really like that. Finally watching ATL, really loving that, mm. as well as Killing Eve. So it's all about women and violence for me in a whole other way. I am always kind of in Mind Hunter from time to time. Just also loved Mind Hunter. Oh my goodness, oh, it's so good. Yes, yes. And I'm rewatching Wild Wild Country. Because that's the big question. What brings the government to your door? What did you do to bring the government to your door? And, um, yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. Um, I actually haven't, I've watched ATL. There's very few things I haven't watched. Mm-hmm. And I learned on last episode, and then with the suggestions you just gave, I, there's more to, There's more for me to watch. I had Way no idea. more. Way I, more. I, I thought I had watched everything and i gotta throw in one more because i teach pop culture i always require students to have to watch a series of some sort mm-hmm. so this fall there's going to be a return to boardwalk empire we're going to watch honestly the black season so that way because i'm teaching this <laughs> in the archive <laughs> are they, um, are they bringing it back with different characters Oh, no, but Moose the King is bringing it back. It's going to be like a brand new show. That means that you got to watch it or you're going to get a zero on that on that, that assignment. But I really, I want to, to begin to see these black storylines historically, even though Boardwalk Empire, you know, again, that was the best season to me. Um, but the other thing is Island. I don't know if you all have heard of that. I used oh, it I last spring. Like you know, for me, I, I will. Somehow, my, I made it work. Because I taught it in my medical history course. But what I was smart in doing was we looked at the trailer and then I made them watch maybe the one of the episodes first. I wanted them to know what it was. Because when you really look at what the storyline is, it's one of the most powerful and scary storylines we all need to be paying attention to. Which is that what happens when you when the state has control, i.e. 
of your whole body, your being, your mind, and to induce you into a medical coma where in that world you are in prison and those prisoners can come at you. It never ends. So in that full ownership. So I want students to understand that historically, to think about what pop culture is telling us when at the end of the day, the most important takeaway for me is that that signal that, that the coming change of the carceral world is not about the warden. It is about techies that are creating this entire experience of what is real and what is not. So that got the students to think even more deeply about there always was this quest for full control of people, most especially black people, but yet in the future, what can that look like? And then, you know, how do we use it to our advantage? And then when we're done with you, we throw you out. And what are we, you know, what are you walking into? So I see that as a very deep, but that's because again, my, my angle and looking at things on that medical side allows me to introduce students to, hey, that could be you. That could be, you could be that doctor over there injecting that person or creating this magnetic field that will control their entire being. So a pop culture is good for that, um, for me. Okay. Yeah, I didn't understand Ireland, Ireland. So thank you very much. I oh, you're like, very I, welcome. I, I was, I, I, it was above me. It was I above me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I mean, that, that's a great segue because um, mm. your current work is focused on women and these earlier histories of policing, surveillance, and the unending intrusion of the carceral state. Can you talk to us a little bit more about this history you are telling? Thank you. I'm so excited because some people don't even realize that I park a sentence at least to signal to this next book and where it's going to go, which is that how do we... where? the policing of people and of course of black people that it begins this whole constant surveillance containment confinement it been it begins on slave ships and then from that i'm jumping into this world of the carceral state and the prisons but then what are where's the new angle who do we not know about and it would be a woman who was left for dead in the alleyway that would then become the opener for me to see all of these women that have never been talked about who may have committed crimes that then brought the state to their door. So five years ago, I came out with an article mm-hmm. that really kind of changed everything because there was a, a black woman left for dead in an alleyway in 1891 who had been stabbed and virtually disemboweled and left for dead in this alleyway. And I would uncover 55 newspaper articles about this woman's death and then her murderer so then what it did is it opened me to this whole world of penitentiaries and then really looking at these stories that of who are the people what landed them there and then yet again even going back to Ireland, what will bring the state what will bring the government to your door what did you do and that was actually what drew me into all these different women what did she do to get that much time what you know what where and how do we see this historical relationship begin not in the 20th century not in the 21st century what does policing look like what does surveillance look like even before the fbi before a lot of people we have these certain ideas that are really anchored in the contemporary world and even now like i'm going to assign this book public um enemy this fall for students to, to begin to think about the crime waves and the rise of sort of how the uh the state the nation any of us sort of respond to it well i would say that my book is writing about their grandmother's grandmothers. We have not considered that it is not always about white men robbing banks and trains. And we've got to think about both black and white women. So this is gonna be putting both black and white women in conversation to think about the movement of women in and out of these state-run spaces that really is contributing to a whole other economy. It's a whole other version of human manufacturing. It's a whole other breaking down, so essentially, me doing the earlier work on slave rent C allowed me to see more within these carceral spaces. But at the end of the day, I get to talk even more about the bloody and then yet where women are at the center. And then that, and then what happens when you navigate, what I argue about this pyramid of power, which is all the way up to the Supreme Court and then all the way and thinking about these layers of everyday policing, moving in and out of others who can control 
what is right, what is wrong, imposing laws, codes, and all sorts of things. And what happens when you get beyond the confines of social control, what happens to you? And then what does it look like when women are at the center? Hey, Shawande, um, you know, okay. I'm a historian. I love my yes. footnotes. My footnotes are the best thing ever. You know, I love the footnote. So you just referenced this really exciting article. You did not talk about the volume that it came out in. I'm happy. You did not talk about how, how, <laughs> how important the volume was. Yes. Um, yes, it's a great piece. I knew exactly what you were but talking it, about. But mm-hmm. tell me about this volume, or rather tell the listeners about the volume. Yes. I was very fortunate to have an opportunity to be invited to write an article for really the only of a, it's, it's a one of a kind to look at gender in the carceral state yep. that is putting, that is putting females and putting black females in this conversation. So we have Kylie Rose and Cheryl Hicks that them serving as guest editors for this special issue would bring together some of the smartest and the newer ways of thinking about where and how do we think about black women in our carceral conversations because just like in slavery, we're only really looking for men. We often really over, we just sort of make sure that for, for some people, the conversations are only left within black men and that there's no more history outside of that. So in this volume, we have John Harris, we have Talitha LaFlora, we have myself, we have Cookie Walner, and others that are writing about these different moments in time. So it sort of allows for a short interaction with over time, where do we see the detonation of violence or again, this like intentional movement of women in and out of the carceral state. So I thank you for turning attention to what still remains a very critical volume. And the mm-hmm. title of my article, again, going back to title, Armed with a Knife in Her Bosom, Gender, Violence, and the Carceral Consequences of Rage in the Late 19th Century. So all of that was intentional so we can think about rage happens, emotions happens, and then signaling that some women were armed in other ways. So again, to broaden that whole narrative of history. And then what? who wants to remember a murderer? So in all of this, it's inviting us and it's reminding us to have to think about the full texture of the human experience does include the bloody, these bloody moments. And I want to center women back in these conversations because unfortunately, Lizzie Borden has held it down for too long. And we need to understand that more women have had other places in the carceral connection in that way and, and really sort of dealing with their lives being destroyed through a system that's so ever powerful and ever present. Excellent. So for our listeners, that's the Journal of African American History. <laughs> it is by Callie Gross and, and Carol Hicks. Hicks. And it is uh, available on some open access platforms. It's a great, 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 great volume. It's an important uh, journal. The Journal of African American History is the it's the oldest and, and, and critically important in for many years in holding intellectual space for these narratives of blackness in many in, in many kinds. You wrote three books as the cosmic doc very quickly, all three within a year. Can you talk to us more about the process of channeling these books so quickly and you know, some of the content that you got to write about in these books? Sure, I'm happy to because it was walking in a whole new world when I said, I'm going to do this. But I'll admit that my father passed away in 2018, and that became a doorway. It became an opener. And yet he also predicted all of what came. He kept saying that he felt like the world needed to be empowered through this other part of my mind and my living and my understanding because my brain moves very quickly. It's almost like a supercomputer where I have to sort of slow it down and try to keep up with all the very things. So that said, I've always used writing as a way to channel through the moments that can often be the most difficult. And so I sat down and I had another one of these moments. Oh, <laughs> what, what would my father say I should be doing? The next thing you know, I started thinking about numbers because numbers are so central in his life in a variety of ways. And then I, I, I really took serious what he was saying. And then I began to construct these books in such a way where it could be a quick reference point. So where I started is to think about numbers. 
and decoding the numbers from zero to 12. So you have numerology 101. And then after that, I really believe with my father being on the other side, it only amplified the energy for me to move more towards it because then all of a sudden I was able to decode the entire alphabet, seeing the alphabet as active and living symbols the same way that I see numbers. And I was always told that eventually I was going to speak another language. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. ...in a language of the universe, and I could not understand what that meant, and yet, over time, I was beginning to write these books that were speaking to that. So the last book that just came out it is at least a game changer to me because it's the only book on the planet that decodes every year from 1900 to 2099. In addition to empowering people to know more about themselves based on the day you're born or the year you're born, the, the, the month, the time. So I really feel like this is coming full circle for me because in my, as a child, I always gravitated more towards numbers and I couldn't understand it, but I wanted to move towards writing. And now it is basically a living of, with remembrance. That means where I never studied this per se, but I'm awakening to past life understanding that is coming through so strong. And in doing so, I have opened myself to the universe to begin the channel to say, let me be a channel in order to empower people. Because I got to a point where I'm not here to debate you on how I know this. This is about now preparing the future to engage in these vibrational conversations. So in writing these books, it is so that way we can know more. And at that point, then you can decode every day known by the numbers. You can decode anybody by the letters in their name. That is then allowing us in ourselves, but also beginning a new conversation about soul contracts and how we can go deep in understanding who we are at the soul level. So cosmically, I just wanted to empower. I have to admit, I went through your book and tried to um, decode my name based on on, on yes. the evidence you gave. I have to admit that I did did spend some time doing that yesterday. Good. So it was pretty. It was pretty much you know spot on. I think, I think on. I, you know it's uh, when I think about the letters in your name. Oh, you met. Oh, you, you, oh, yeah. You, I was you were the joy bringer. On. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty spot on. Uh, it was, I even did my Ghanaian day name, and I was like, well, that's pretty spot on. So, oh, hey, I'm all, a right, all right. Okay. I'm a yeah. <laughs> Very excited. Again, we're just going deeper to empower people to know themselves. Know themselves. Wow. I okay. love it. Mm. 
I super love, I love it. it. Cosmic Doc. Cosmic Thank Doc. You. I'm going to. The Cosmic Doc. The Cosmic I'm gonna, Doc. I'm going to. Yeah, I was on the radio giving readings and all of this emerged. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I listen to the radio. You think I don't follow you? I follow oh. you. Okay, this I'm talking to the cosmic dog now. Um, so there's an exchange on Real Housewives of Dallas. Okay, mm-hmm. season four, episode seven. Brandy is talking to Stephanie and says, "I do that too. Rose all day. Yes. So I'm gonna just do the soup and salad. You got it. I think I'm gonna do the same. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. You know it. Of all people, how I just." I'm really open to accepting the spiritual realm. I thought it'd be really fun if like we did either like a haunted house, like a yeah. real haunted house, yes. like a real one, like it's haunted with a ghost. Yeah. What do you think? Do we get like a medium? Yes. Okay. I have always wanted to go to a haunted house and this particular one I have been hearing about for years. So I think it would be a lot of fun for all of us to exercise our demons and go ghost hunting. And like, if nothing happens, we can like just like do the Ouija board or something. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> okay, do you feel like the devils will come inside you? What? With the Ouija board? No, it's just a game. Anything else I can bring you? I know, I think we're good. I think Thank we're you. We're good. Thank you. Quote, you of all people know that I'm open to accepting the spiritual realm. And Stephanie responds, you know, I love celebrity gossip, so let me <laughs> read this like a reporter. Stephanie responds, do you feel like the devils will come inside you? Okay, so... For me, this raises mm. questions about misconceptions of what it's like to be tuned in to the metaphysical phenomenon around us. So, um, can you? We've kind of dug into some of these dynamics, but can you debunk some of these myths there are about the metaphysical um, and you know how how you perceive it to be? Uh, you know, there's some people that just shrink away from uh, spirits and feelings and vibrations altogether. Does that make sense? Do you need me to rewrite rewrite it, re-ask it? Oh, it, 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 it makes perfect sense because that's what most people would go to when they're trying to understand how I can connect with the, this broader universe. And we go immediately, when, when we're unclear, it's unknown, and we're uncertain, then we immediately go to this darker element. that we assume that there would be the constant sort of possession of people coming from these shadow, dark, demonic forces. And that's understandable because, again, when we don't know, then we imagine something that has to be of low vibration. But we have to really begin to step back and recognize that there, when we have multiverses and we have the coexistence of realms and energy, there is high vibrational energy, there's low vibrational energy. And then when we get into spirits are everywhere. So this isn't just even about the whole demonic. It's not even about that. There are some spirits that will linger, hang around, because in their minds, they've not died. Now we're getting into mm-hmm. sort of these different realms of the afterlife, because really there is no ending to life. So in that regard, that means that it's a continuity, it's a moving between realms, but we have to continue to evolve as a world, as a planet, and as beings that then accept that we are connected. We are connected to each other, and we're connected to those in these other realms but yet, it is also being intentional to only call in those from the higher realms, from the realms of love and light. And that is what helps me to be able to navigate my path because I know how to vibrationally create boundaries to keep those of lower vibrations away. Yet, there are those that may sometimes play with different tools that are out there and then they open up to darker forces. So really, that's where it's about thinking about the channel, the energy of who you may be sort of interacting with, meaning if we're going to a medium or if we're in a space and we have to be aware that there is energy that is pervasive throughout many spaces and it is about clearing, just being more aware in the discernment of energy. But fundamentally, that's a common response. We always go to the devil, the demons, but then what about, maybe we could talk about, hey, I heard an angel fall in or all of a sudden then what if, what if, what if my father is just standing right here? You know, so in that regard, it's about many people can be here. Even Prince could be here. Anybody in that mm-hmm. regard. So those open channels are the ones that will connect in that way. And I happen to be one of those. Okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you know, you just work so well. 
I mean, what can I say? Uh, the Cosmic Doc, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what can the I one say? and only, the Cosmic Doc. <laughs> yes, what can I say? <laughs> okay, so in that same episode, the women spend the evening at Hill House Manor. It was built in the 1850s in Gainesville, Texas, and has reportedly been used as a speakeasy, a brothel, and a series of apartments in the years since. No one seems to have claimed it was haunted until 2004 when its current owner, Linda Hill, who was featured on the episode we're talking about, bought it and began renting it out. Are places that are haunted always haunted, or do the spirits have periods where they are dormant versus more active in a particular space? Mm, that's a good one. So let me pull back and make us mindful of something. When we think about haunted places, oftentimes we look at what pop culture invites us. If you, if you hadn't noticed, we don't really get hauntings in apartments. We get hauntings in these huge mansions that mm-hmm. only the rich are haunted. And then the rest of y'all just, you, just, you don't deal what we deal with. Yeah. And then what about those like me where I'm in an apartment and everywhere I walk in this apartment, there's spirits everywhere. But yet, oh, I don't have a mansion. So my story right. doesn't matter. So in that regard, now, that said, that's so common in all of it. I've just been talking about this a lot more. But now to go to this idea of how do we know that, of what is haunted? What does that mean? What, what, what strikes my attention with this immediately is that I would think, well, maybe this person, Linda Hill, is more in tune than anybody else who has been there. So maybe, but then there's also the other side of it. It could be a great marketing strategy because mm-hmm. everybody wants to travel and find the ghost spaces and the hauntings. And then yet, mm-hmm. who is really going to debate it? Because then at that point, it invites a full, it, it invites traffic to come and bring all your different tools and all these different ideas, you know, to come and let's just see and let's test. So it adds to the list of all the, the many places that are allegedly haunted. Now, for me, I'm one of those that I can just look at a picture and all of a sudden then I'm in it. You got a, you, you have a video, then I'm able to pick up on all of it. I am that, I'm, I'm the tool. Everybody's trying to put it all in their bags. And all we need all this equipment to be able to detect spirits in that way. I picked up on it immediately, whether I'm there or not. So it, this, are places always haunted? That's a, that's a difficult one. Mm-hmm. And I say it's difficult because I've had my own interaction where a place could seem, meaning that there could be spirits in there, but then I knew how to get them out until I left. So there's places that the spirits can be everywhere, but then they could be afraid of certain channels that could be powerful that essentially could make them have to, if some people want to call it, move on to the light, however we'll discern. But nonetheless, there, yes, at the end of the day, when we think about our places always haunted, essentially we're asking, is there active energy that is there? And I would say yes, because there are many experiences and lives that have happened that we can't always account for. Just because perhaps someone had died in like 1881 in a farmhouse, and how do we know that in 1733 there wasn't something else that happened? So meaning that there could be layers upon layers within this whole notion of the afterworld and the afterlife. But it's an important conversation to have because more spirits are making their presence known in very extreme ways and it's only going to continue as the century progresses. Okay, so thank you. So I I have a a show for you, Shawanda. I have a show for our listeners. It freaked me out. um, Called Psychic Kids. I think it's on one of the streaming one of the streaming service services sure. called psychic kids okay nice nice and i know we're running over time but this show is about kids who you know basically in we'll say the 90s i don't really remember but kids who they did a television special about uh a few decades ago about kind of some of their paranormal uh, talents and then now the new episodes are that they go back and help other kids deal with some of these entities that they're in, 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 inter, um, interacting with. Um, it's simultaneously fascinating mm-hmm. and a little scary. So, you know, don't really watch. 
a little scary if you think about it from the kids' point of view. Not scary necessarily from our point of view. Sure. It's scary from children's point of view because they don't mm. have the power. They don't, don't know yet how to manage. Oh, yeah. So just, yeah. A, just a sidebar, not on a Bravo network, but just very, very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear that. Yeah, you should check it out. Now, my other okay. question is, my next question is, have you ever watched um, Southern Charm New Orleans? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, we're going to have you come back probably and do a little bit with Southern Charm New Orleans. Okay. They love well, we're, about, we're about to talk okay. about Southern Charm New Orleans a little bit with our oh, allegedly. allegedly. I saw so, that. So allegedly, it's our new it's our new segment in season two. Okay. Awesome. So over the years on Bravo Network, uh, mediums and haunted places have been a part of many storylines. So some examples quickly. Uh, there was a haunted plantation sleepover on Southern Charm, New Orleans. Um, spending the night at that Hill House Manor, at Hill House Manor on Real Housewives of Dallas. There's the infamous dinner party with medium Allison Dubois from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on Orange County. Tamara's medium told her that uh, Vicky's ex-boyfriend Brooks didn't have cancer. Um, and very recently on Vanderpump Rules... <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> Sheena Shea mm-hmm. brought her medium to read castmate Dana, and Dana got really upset about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then many, many years ago on Roni, uh, Ramona was talking to a medium, and the medium was telling her that her marriage was falling apart well before Ramona knew that her husband was cheating on her. So all of this is to essentially ask and and kind of talk about what should be the real housewives guide for contacting spirits what qualities make for a good medium uh you know what are the things that you can Mm. can do should do shouldn't do um uh yeah so anywhere that we want to go with all of that and and listening to all of that it 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 just immediately reminds me that this this industry has skyrocketed. If you were to do searches on psychics, on mediums, on the hauntings, on all these various things, then that means like everybody can do it. And at that point, where's the barometer? How do we begin to sort of measure that? And for me, that's where precision does come in. What what are the ways, where and how has the truth come out before, but yet how, where and how can we see direct connections? Like for me, it is about accuracy. I don't want to be playing the guessing game. I don't do the guessing game. And that's what I find with a lot of it is so steep in let me advise you in the way that I would live my life. But yet that is not the point of a medium. The medium is in that way, psychic medium and all of it. It is about being that medium between worlds to help people to heal through these low vibrational moments, say of death, or again, just sort of the, the evolutions, the, the highs and so-called lows of life. So really if there's a guide, Maybe actually look at a few people. Look at reviews. I know I've shot five reviews in that regard, but it is trusting other people's experience because this is, it is, it goes so deep in someone's life that you can't just bring these things on people. You can't, I'm very careful. Oftentimes, 90% of the time, I don't even say what I'm picking up on. I just sort of let it go because I know if I really told people what I pick up on, it could scare people because right. there's just so much that's happening in the vibrational world. So other qualities, right now, again, to go back to it, we've got to think about diversity. There's diversity of ways of training. And then yet there's also some people are born in these, with these diverse gifts. So we have to think about what is, what is Hollywood telling us, but then what is the everyday reality? What are these, you know, where can we find those that seem to just hit for everyone that are able to be the bridge and help people to understand themselves and go deep into themselves and connect with this wider world? So for me, when I'm able to, to tell you about yourself in a way, and that's what sometimes can <laughs> scare some people that I can tell you things about yourself um, that to me are evident right before you. They're right there in who you are. And it's about bringing that, that out and also showing people that you can do that. So it's not about I have this special gift because for me, if say I'm using a pendulum, I want you to know how you can use a pendulum 
as a tool to divine or understand energy in all these various other ways. So the real, the major quality is look for someone who wants to empower you beyond, you know, collecting money. It is about really wanting um, just a deeper sort of connection to the universe so that way people can be upgraded, vibrationally upgraded. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So for you, do people vibrate differently? (laughs) Oh, very much so because I feel everything that other people feel. So that means everybody vibrates different. I mean, certain people's voices vibrate different. It, It can sort of my, my, my ears, like there, I respond in different ways to different people because I'm able to read them best by feeling them and, mm-hmm. and picking up on what they have going on. So some people have a whole lot going on in their minds. A lot of other people, they may be in all directions. Other people, they may care, death may always around them. And I can pick up on that. So that's where I'm very... I have to always have boundaries and it's only going to grow even more because then that energy can spill and it can affect me. Off. It can, it can actually be very dangerous because I'm so vibrationally sensitive. But yes, wow. but there's an energy signature for everybody. So if we were looking at this in terms of the qualities that make a good medium for Bravo, mm-hmm. for Bravo. So we would have to have an for energy Bravo. for Bravo because that might change. So there has to be a certain kind of um, level of discernment about what you share and what you don't share, Um, right? You probably don't want to tell Kyle that she'll never be happy with her husband. He'll never make her happy. Um, Right. You have to have a level of shade, too. I think you have to have... I would also invite... Go ahead. You cut out. You cut out. What did you say? No, I wouldn't. No, no, no. You go ahead. Go ahead and listen. I will also no, think no, that you has to be saved. Like I'm, you're talking about you're you're the you're the industry expert right now on actually how to be a medium. I'm the industry expert on how it's going to make how it's going to mm-hmm. sell on the on the television screen. So we need some shade. <laughs> we definitely need some secrets. You need some shade. Yeah. So you got to you got to you got. We need some secrets. You need some secrets. You got to draw the line between being discerning and not destroying someone. But, mm-hmm. but also giving us enough, right, so that we have a hot topic. Absolutely. Well, and then what I, I was going to add is where it can go to another level is when you have a medium who's a healer. So then, then we are going beyond just this trauma that you're dealing with, right, allegedly or for real. But then, mm-hmm. then we're getting into a whole other level when I can show you I'm clear in the energy. I'm moving the energy yes. helping you to get more grounded in who you are because again, then when I can tell you that the stars are also connected because then you add in that I'm an astrologer and I literally wake up when the planets move then I can understand and tell you why emotionally you can't stop crying while all this is happening. Oh, wow. So it is understanding all of the different systems all at once. Wow. I love so it. And Bravo. <laughs> Anyone listening, Andy, we have your new guest, medium, <laughs> astrologer, <laughs> the cosmic right? Karuna, Ricky, Master, Brahmin, all of it. I am, I, I came here to take us to the next level. It's all anchored in the day that I was born. I was born, and the energy that I was born is the ace of space. That means I'm coming here connected to the universe and coming with this supreme, profound knowledge to transmit now and to the future for the world. I'm giving you snaps on that one. Woo! I think that's a great place to conclude. I think so too. Okay. So, I think so, so Shawande, could you tell us what's next for you and what you want people to know about your upcoming work? How can they get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Sure. We have a website that is growing, drmustakeem.com. There's that. And then also on the cosmic side, we have the cosmicdocs.com. I'm also on Twitter. I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook on both sides, both Dr. Mustakeem as well as the cosmic doc. I am, I have many projects working. There's podcasts, there's new volumes coming. And then I got to finish this groundbreaking book that's going to take us to the next level. So that's my biggest thing, really finishing this next book so we can begin to think about women in new ways. 
Wow. I love it. This po- this podcast was it. amazing. I had such a good time talking to you. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like we need a sound effect. Can we get Shawanda a sound effect of some kind? Uh, what kind of sound effect do you think uh, best encapsulates? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if we have something to encapsulate, like uh, 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 something big. Something Is that fireworks? What is it? <laughs> I've been I've been thinking about adding a uh, a shofar being blown to my soundboard. This might be the the time to add that, and I'll I'll add it in okay. later. I don't have it on the soundboard yet, but I think that that will call attention to the power that Shawanda is bringing to this podcast. All right, what he said, yeah, Kelly likes it. Great, Kelly likes it. Ah! Yeah, thank you so right. much, Shawanda. As always, you can find us at historiansonhousewives.com, where you can propose your own episode topic, ask us questions, and send us feedback. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at historiansh. And don't forget that you can like and review the podcast on your podcast platform. Thank you, Shawande Mustakim. This show was brought to you with the support by Barbara and Mark Spear, Saddleback Community College, Molly Callahan, Dr. Joaquin Galarza, Courtney Crow, Lara Loper, Luis Asiota Dios, and the Agipon Foundation. And remember... Scholars do bravo too. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.